I am a sea of love. 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 You are a sea of love. You are a sea of love. We are a sea of love. We are a sea of love. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. A few announcements about what's going on lately. You may have been aware that I recently published the Biomystical Womb Journal. This is a over 800, well, just about 800 pages of journaling for you around the biomystical womb themes that you often hear me talking about on this podcast and that I often bring guests to talk about um, their version of it. Um, so this journal takes you through uh, with writing prompts um, through a whole life cycle's worth of initiations into biomystical womb wisdom, your own biomystical womb wisdom, inspired by sample writings from my own process, uh, biomystical womb writing process, as well as um, a selection of apprentices that also use writing in their biomystical womb journey. So we invite you to go to the Womb Centered Healing Temple website at wombcenteredhealing.com and look for the Biomystical Womb Journal link and check out how you might um, get your own copy of that. And listen to there some uh, several ep- episodes uh, in the podcast where people who have been participants in the in the biomystical womb journal whose writings are sampled in the journal um, talk on the podcast about their biomystical womb journaling process uh, myself included so look for episodes like that and um, yeah uh, otherwise I look forward to sharing this today's episode with you um, and may it inspire your biomystical womb journey as well. Hi, welcome to the Womb Center Healing Podcast. I'm Jessica and I have Sabrina Arania here with me today. I hope I said your last name correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, awesome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I invited Sabrina to come on today because she's getting ready to teach a free master class about um, hormones and for specifically for womb 
centered healing practitioners mm -hmm. so that we can deepen our understanding of the hormonal system and um, have a, a better foundation. A lot of us, a lot of womb-centered healing practitioners want to bring our emotional and spiritual healing awareness and you know return to that that connection with the with that central core of our being and sometimes because um scientific methodologies have betrayed us in in, in a certain sense be by claiming to be the only thing right and then not always having the best approaches for us we kind of leave that behind and yet there are many approaches to really understanding the physiology of the body, the, the chemistry of the body, the biochemistry of the body um, based on a naturopathy, herbalism, you know, other uh, more holistic traditions that, could, that we really want to, my uh, intention is to really integrate all of those realms. So, and that's what I love about Sabrina's work. So thank you so much for coming on here. Please uh, share more about yourself and, and this program that you have coming up. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jessica. Everything you just said, I resonate with so strongly. Um, I, I think that, well, let me introduce myself real quick and then we'll go into that. So yeah, my name is Sabrina Urania. Um, I am a women's holistic and functional health coach. Um, my background is in both nutrition and herbal medicine, and then I've studied a lot of more um, what we like to call alternative, but more kind of energetic or spiritual-based healing practices as well. And so I like to think of myself as really sitting kind of firmly planted between um, both the science side of things as well as the sacred healing arts. And that's really kind of what I feel like we were just getting at, Jessica, which is that, you know, many of us have been really let down by traditional, um, conventional Western medicine. Um, and so we oftentimes just go really far in the other direction. And what I think is really important is this, you know, finding this balance of integrating the benefits of both. But a big part of that to me is about um, personal accountability and stepping up to become educated and empowered in these things yourself so that you're not outsourcing your health to other people. And so that's one of the reasons why we get let down a lot in working with conventional medicine um, as women, you know, either being over-medicalized or gaslit or, you know, just genuinely having, um, you know, being tr treated inappropriately or unnecessarily for um, what we have going on is that we don't know the basics about our own body and our, about our own biology, about our hormonal bios, biochemistry. And oftentimes many conventional Western medicine doctors don't either, unfortunately, because women's health has just really been severely lacking. Um, these are not necessarily like, things, very common disorders that women deal with, like PMS, PCOS, endometriosis. Um, you know, in medical schools, they don't necessarily focus a lot on how to appropriately diagnose and treat or even really know what the symptoms are for those types of conditions. And so a lot of women get told, you know, for instance, like endometriosis, there's about a nine to 10 year window on average that it takes for women to be appropriately diagnosed with this. And it's an incredibly painful condition and it's very common. It's affecting about 10% of the female population in the reproductive years, um, in the United States at least. Um, and so, yeah, I think that what we really need are um, women who are, especially who are stepping forward as feminine leaders 
whether it's in womb healing, whether it's in birth work, whether it's in holding sacred ceremony for women to, to just have this basic understanding and awareness both for themselves and their own health, but for the women that they're coming into contact with um, so that they can support them more deeply by knowing things like what some of the common hormonal imbalances are um, and what some of the signs and symptoms of, of that might be. Um, how our hormones interact with all the other important systems of our body, um, like our gut and like our liver and like our stress, you know, and our adrenals. Um, and then other things like, you know, I think there's been a really big push for women to um, reconsider hormonal birth control, which I'm a huge fan of. This is a big part of my messaging is talking about the dangers and the risks and the long-term negative health consequences of relying on hormonal birth control. Um, but then women get off. And then unfortunately, um, we haven't learned enough about our own fertility and what our menstrual cycles, which is really our ovulation cycle is all about to be able to identify whether or not we're fertile or not. And now we're stuck in a place of not really knowing how to um, utilize contraception if we don't necessarily want to be using barrier methods forever. And so these are places where I just feel like it's really important to um, educate ourselves. And that if we work with women, have that knowledge that we can bring to bear into the relationships with the women that we serve and the women that we love in our lives, our daughters, our sisters, our mothers. Um, so that's a big part of what um, the work that I'm really focusing on doing right now. Mm. It's so beautiful. And before we started, um recording the episode here, we were chatting a little bit about um, who your program is, is sort of aiming at talking to. We were talking about how there's a lot of um, womb-centered healing practitioners or um, that, are, that are emerging recently, um, often in the younger population demographic who get all excited and, and learn some things uh, often in a ceremonial avenue or in a um, sacred medicine avenue or in um, uh, the rewilding movement or the oh. empowerment movement or feminine spirituality movement, the goddess movement and all that, and yeah. learn how central the womb and the menstrual cycle, a healthy connected menstrual cycle, the phases of the moon, all of these things, and want to share that information. But many of those training programs don't include, or even vaginal steaming, although some training programs with herbalism do mm -hmm. have more of that than, than some of the ceremonial things. But they don't have uh, much training as far as the biophysiology. And, yeah. and, and so then, you know, they, they know they want to we know we want to encourage women to reconsider birth control, like you said, but then, you know, they, they are going to do that and they remove their hormonal IUD or they want to, or they're going to come off birth control with, without really understanding how that transition might, might affect them and without having adequate support or even, um, you know, these ceremonial leaders would be really good support people to have, but they might not be able to answer all of the questions and and help them with, um, you know, proper nutritional guidance or proper lifestyle changes and a whole life fully supported um, transition, and and it can become problematic. And so you're wanting to fill that gap. Of, of knowledge for these practitioners so that they can support their participants more fully. Is that right? Can you, can you share like yeah. a little bit, like maybe some snippets of 
pieces of information that you feel will fill some of those gaps for these parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, getting an education in nutrition, for instance, or becoming a health coach or studying herbal medicine, you know, that's not for everybody. And so if you're getting into room work and you really want to work just with the, you know, ideally with the energetics of it, or you just want to offer Yoni steaming, or, you know, you just want to do room massage, like that's perfect and brilliant. And, you know, there's not like, it's not like there's a requirement for women to also just go through all these other trainings. Um, and I also think though, that there is some basic information that I genuinely believe all women really need to know about our own bodies. And I talk about this as in terms of hormonal literacy, which is what the name of this master class is. It's about hormonal literacy. It's learning how to read and understand the messages of our own bodies as they communicate through um, our hormones and our endocrine system, and then relate to all the other systems of our body. So I think this is base knowledge that everyone needs to know. And it's not so that you can all of a sudden become the nutritionist to your, you know, your esteemed clients, or, you know, that you're going to all of a sudden start, um, you know, recommending a lot of herbs to the women that are coming to your circles. Like, it's not about that at all. It's just that, you know, like you said before, we've really been let down a lot as women from going to gynecologists or primary care physicians for a lot of these issues. And so oftentimes women are coming to their womb practitioners with these questions and with the need for support here. And so we need to have enough of a basic understanding of what is and is not normal, what our uh, particular niche or modality that we teach can and cannot deal with, what some of the clear signs and symptoms of um, these more um, uh, intricate and um, needing extra support kind of conditions such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, such as endometriosis might be and look like so that we can maybe have somebody to refer our people So, you know, some of the real life examples about why this might be important to the younger, you know, room workers uh, in our, in our generation is that, you know, I'll give you some like personal examples that I've seen where I feel like having a basis of this knowledge would be really helpful. So for instance, um, Yoni STEAM practitioners who, you know, uh, are sharing that doing their STEAMs could really help with clearing out stagnation. And if you have brown blood, it can really help with clearing out your old oxidized menstrual blood. But having, you know, consistently having spotting of brown blood, typically leading up to your cycle, is often an indication of low progesterone levels, which can mean a variety of different things, that this person is not consistently ovulating, that they might have a luteal phase defect, it could be a lot of things going on, super high stress. Um, but it's not that their, their modality isn't going to be helpful, but it's not necessarily addressing the underlying root cause. So to be able to serve your client, you know, to the best of your ability, would be to help them with, you know, you know, offering them these steams to support them. And at the same time, tell them, Hey, I, I know that this for a fact could be potentially related to this. Maybe you want to get your hormone levels tested. Here's somebody that I know that I recommend that you could go to to get that done. Or here is a test you can buy to do at home, whatever, you know? Um, or, um, I think I shared this with you beforehand. You know, I have a, a friend of mine who leads these, um, womb rewilding retreats for young women. Um, you know, she is in her mid twenties. Her clientele is in that uh, time is space as well. And she's, you know, sharing a lot about the uh, hazards of hormonal birth control, which um, I totally support. I think it's really important that women talk about this information because it's been suppressed for a really long time. And we've, you know, been out of the loop about it. And at the same time, um, having personally experienced post-pill polycystic ovarian syndrome and constantly seeing women having some resurgences of some of their worst symptoms, or even now new symptoms after getting off birth control, things like um, androgen rebounds that can happen usually within a couple months after getting off birth control that 
um, can make our testosterone levels skyrocket, that can lead to PCOS, that can lead to acne, that can lead to, you know, hair loss, all those types of things, you know, without having an awareness that those kinds of things that can happen, you know, could happen. There is a level, I think, of a deeper integrity. Like if you're going to share this knowledge with your following, it's also good to have a basic idea about what they might expect if they do that so that they can support them in them or once again, refer them to somebody else who could support them in that. Um, I also have a lot of friends in the kind of tantric and sacred sexuality community. And to me, I think that, you know, obviously there's so much around the energetics of that. And at the same time, many women struggle from, you know, low libido issues because of hormonal imbalances that they're having or being on birth control over time can affect your ability to orgasm. It can shrink your clitoris. You know, these are, the, and, it, and um, you know, it could lead to more vaginal dryness and pain during intercourse and even after getting off. So that's information I think is really helpful for someone who's working in sacred sexuality to understand that um, that ability to experience pleasure might be limited by a biochemical reason. Um, so that's just kind of a couple of examples of how I think this information of really teaching young women hormonal literacy, particularly if they're coming into a position of leadership or working with female clients um, is really important to know. Mm. You know, and this, when I studied to be a doula, okay, one of the things that we were taught, one, one thing that was emphasized a lot was that, you know, this is a regulated um, thing, uh, practice, and that we're working in conjunction with medical professionals, and, and that's a dangerous zone to be in, and so we had to pay a lot of attention to our scope of practice and what we could claim that our methods would help be able to do for our clients and what we couldn't claim and how to refer have one of our assignments in my training program was to have a, an extensive list of you know licensed professionals that we could refer our clients to because it's very easy in holistic practices like that to get a little bit of knowledge in say herbal herbalism or a little bit of knowledge in you know coaching or a little bit of knowledge here a little bit of knowledge there and start acting as though you could help a person with all of these things that you don't have full training in yeah and i i and I've seen this in the spiritual community as well, claiming that our, you know, that, that sort of this insinuation, if it's not an outright claim, that that and, and part of it, it's partly true that any physical ailment we have has a spiritual or energetic component underlying it, right? And that that's sort of the deeper source of the issue and if you just address the spiritual or energetic then the physical will take care of itself and i've been guilty of feeling that way because of my own experiences of feeling like i got to a spiritual or energetic root of something and then suddenly the physical ailment has dissolved and but that does not always happen that way and sometimes um, the spiritual or energetic root of something could take lifetimes to get to the bottom of. And sometimes having an, a physiological approach to it is part of that process, an essential part of that process of getting to the spiritual energetic route, that it's a all, all together and 
Yeah. You know? So both and absolutely. Because both and. I don't necessarily even think of it as like everything begins in the energetic and then manifests. I think that that's a two way street. Because, yes. And there isn't, honestly, there's even less of a separation between the physical and the energetic in, in reality than maybe yes. we need to talk about conceptually to make sense to people when we're communicating, you know, yes. but they really are so integrated. So for me, it's a multifaceted approach of, you know, dealing with the external, right? Our environment, what we eat, what we're putting into our body, as well as what we're doing internally. And I don't think those two should really be completely separated at all. No, I think we need to be approaching it for both sides, whether that's one practitioner that does both of those things, or like you said, if you specialize in the one, then you have an idea of who you could refer somebody to, should they appear to you like they could use more support um, to help with that other avenue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's understandable that so many of us would swing so far into the spiritual energetic realm, especially being raised in a society that um, invalidates yeah. those realms so heavily. And that there's such a, a draw to reclaim, especially the, the feminine centered energetic realms and um, spiritual realms that have been so suppressed for so long. It, it makes perfect sense that we would swing that pendulum to the opposite end of things. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, what, it can become problematic if we just cling to that and completely reject um, the physiologic, the physiological understanding. And it's understandable why we would. So I just yeah. want to extend a, a, a hand of a, a compassionate, open-hearted compassion to myself and to anyone else who has been swinging on this pendulum for yeah. a minute, right? And wondering how can we bring these worlds together, which is really what we long for is that integration, that, that experience of fully integrated spirituality and physiology. And, and that's what I feel I talk about a lot in my work is that the difference between feminine spirituality and more masculine spirituality is that feminine spirituality is about embodiment, mm -hmm. about um, fully integrating spirit and the, the spirit world and the physical world, energetic. Yeah. And it, that's how it actually is and yeah. coming home to how it actually is instead of this transcendence direction of the energetics of a lot of more patriarchal um, spiritual practices where it's you're connected from the body yeah. from the body we're yeah. really embodying and that's that's the whole purpose of getting in touch with the menstrual cycle and and childbirth and fertility and yeah. um you know our physiology and whatever form it's taking and and all the different variances of gender which are biologically existing and you know yeah <laughs> like that. i think inspiring people to be interested in the body you know um, yeah. Because I think also we as women have sort of been trained and sold the idea that our hormones are way too complicated for us to understand. <laughs> um, and so we have outsourced that information to medical professionals and to um, drugs, you know, like to manage, right? Like birth control is often used more. It's, it's about half of the women using hormonal birth control. It's not primarily for contraceptive reasons. That would be a secondary reason. It's to um, have a lighter flow, get rid of acne, you know, make a more regular period, even though it's not a real period, you know. Um, and so there's all these, this, there's this whole level of outsourcing to um, uh, a medical professional or to a pharmaceutical to manage your 
hormones for you. Um, and, and that's because we've been taught that it's actually too complicated for us to understand. And so what I'm saying is that you don't have to be a medical doctor to have a basic literacy about what the main sex and stress hormones are in your body, how they interact with each other, what it might look like um, if you have an imbalance, what some of the main symptoms are and what some of the risks are if we don't address that. And then what some basic steps in regards to diet and lifestyle you can take to um, move toward a place of better balance with that, you know, or even just, hey, how do I go and get my hormones tested? Um, because a lot of women, you know, are beginning to learn that that's actually an option for themselves, but they don't have doctors that support testing hormones. And there's actually a lot of other ways you can go about that. You can actually order at-home hormone test kits yourself so that you can find this information out, your, you know, on your own. So I'm a lot about just advocating for yourself and empowerment. All of that requires um, a more basic knowledge than you might have, you know? So like I said, you don't have to be um, really interested in biology or be a chemist or just like, like be super scientifically minded to be able to understand the basics of some of this. And, um, you know, part of, I think, reaching the demographic of people that I'm really wanting to reach, like who we talk about this, you know, younger group of blossoming womb workers who are very spiritually open and aware of the energetics is reminding us that that is so deeply integrated with the physical. So for instance, you know, many of us talk about the energy system, right? And the chakras, the chakras are correlated to our endocrine glands and the endocrine glands are the glands that produce the hormones. So our hormones are messengers of these sacred energy centers in our body. There's not, a, there, these things are not separate, you know? And so like, how do we inspire a desire and a fascination and an interest to understand what is this communication that's going on between these hormones? What are they actually doing? And also honoring how beautiful it is because We've also sort of been raised to think that there's some kind of design flaw in being a, a woman, you know, and I know many of us who are in this work have obviously done a lot to overcome this, but, you know, that, you know, periods are supposed to be painful and, you know, that we're supposed to suffer through all of these types of things. Um, and that like, we're just hormonal and that's like some horrible thing that sort of happens to us or whatever, rather than realizing that, you know, we are in many ways our hormones. And so when they're out of balance, it's saying that we personally are out of balance and to come back into balance and wholeness, we need to address the biological as well as the energetic. And like I said, how these things are so deeply interconnected, you know? So yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> there is so much there. And you know, what comes up for me to touch on just a little bit um, that some listeners may have heard us talk about me talk about before and perhaps your listeners have heard you talk about before is why is it well first of all when you say that you don't have to be a medical doctor to understand the basics of, of hormonal you know uh, things when it comes to the female body or the male body for that matter or any gendered body yeah. for that matter well the truth is even if you are a medical doctor you may not understand absolutely because and this is the clincher that narrative of they're too complicated to understand has been the medical narrative yeah. for decades, for centuries, for since the beginning of the development of Western medicine as we know it. And so that has been a neglected area of study intentionally. In fact, it wasn't until the early 1990s. 1993. Yeah. That there was a, a legal change that required medical research to include female-bodied 
participants. Isn't that mind blowing? <laughs> it's mind blowing. So all the medical research that was done before 1993 could be completely biased and actually exclude female bodies because their hormones were too complicated. And we'll just assume that it's going to work the same for them. And, and assume that it's going to work. So there's this huge gap. And then even after 1993, that law that required inclusion of female bodies into research did not eliminate that bias. It just mandated research going forward to include the female body. But there's yeah. still plenty of research that kind of included the female body, but didn't really understand how the hormones were affecting it and didn't really make any kind of conclusions of use or helpfulness. And were certainly not focused on understanding yeah. the female hormonal process. But fortunately, that also opened the door for, you know, genuine scientists who are really curious and were really adequate in their attempts to eliminate those kinds of biases to start asking really quality questions and, and looking at that going, wait a second, this is a huge gap in the scientific method. And so there has been a lot of research done, but that doesn't mean that of quality about, yeah. the, you know, but that doesn't mean that your medical practitioners are even aware of that. They, yeah, just, they could have gone, especially, you know, ones that were trained before that law came into place. And even after that, it's not, in, it's not like, hasn't been fully integrated into the medical training. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Like, um, I want to say it's 70% of primary care physicians say that they don't feel fully comfortable being able to see the signs um, uh, to like recognize the signs and appropriately diagnose and treat endometriosis, which is actually affecting about 10% of the female in their reproductive years um, population in the United States. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of women who uh, are struggling with endometriosis who might be um, mistreated or um, misdiagnosed for a very long time. Uh, or just dismissing outright. Yeah. Oh, many women have been told it's gas. This is normal levels of period pain, you know, um, you know, to the point where they're actually really questioning themselves, you know, I mean, that's, that's really the result of being gaslit, especially in that imbalanced relationship that we find ourselves in when we're sitting in front of a medical doctor who oftentimes will very, you know, did, did you go to Google university when you found this information out or whatever, you know, we can be very, very dismissed in our own concerns or our own, um, you know, desire to self-advocate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so then we go to uh, practitioners that don't dismiss this, that welcome us in. And we go to modalities that are, are, you know, saying, yes, you're right. You have been dismissed. Let's take care of you in another way. Let's, you know, take care of ourselves in another way. And there, hence the pendulum swing right yeah. <laughs> so i just wanted to like touch on the you know it makes sense why we'd have this swing and you know i'm so glad you're doing this this training that you're doing so that we can um learn about the what is available what has been learned through you know naturopathic medicine through holistic herbalism and you know the various trainings that you have had the privilege of investing in for yourself. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, sure, yeah. Well, so um, I have a master's degree in health and wellness coaching, um, and I specifically focused on nutrition and herbal medicine. And really, I didn't go to school to, to do this work at all. I went to school because I was diagnosed with PCOS and I was given um, really unsatisfactory um, 
recommendations from the doctor I was going to about what we were going to do about that. Um, you know, they wanted to put me back on birth control and um, get me on other pharmaceuticals. And I was not resonating with that way of living anymore. And so, but I was struggling to find support um, on, you know, what to do about the situation. So I ultimately decided that I was going to have to become the expert myself. So that's what sent me back to school. And then once that happened, you know, it was interesting because, you know, during that time that I was getting off of birth control, I was encouraging, you know, I was in college as an undergrad. This was like a few years before that, but I was encouraging my friends to get off birth control because I was finding out all this stuff about it, you know? And what I came to see was that many of them after six months or more would end up getting back on birth control because all of a sudden they would have all of these symptoms come up and they'd be concerned and they wouldn't know who to go to and they'd go to their doctor and the only thing their doctor knew how to recommend was getting back on birth control. So, you know, and I just kind of kept seeing these gaps that we've been talking about. And so um, my role and this work and my company, Room Alchemist, kind of came about because of this need. Because I realized, wow, like I here I was able to reverse my condition and treat myself um, and heal deeply, heal beyond even the level that I even thought of healing I needed. Um, and um, that um, we needed more of this in the world. We needed more women talking about these kinds of things um, outside of clinical medical settings where um, the kind of stuff we were just talking about, you know, is happening. And so, yeah, that's what's really drawn me to do this. And I also... Yeah, I've done a lot of training since then, right? In in peristeam hydrotherapy and in types of womb massage and oh, well, I don't even know so many things, you know. That, but I feel like uh, to me, it's all about integrating this information, you know, and being of service in the best way possible. And so, I think for um, a lot of these blossoming young leaders in feminine embodiment and sacred sexuality, new doulas, womb healers, I think um, you know, taking the time to uh, steep yourself in some of this and recognize that you can learn this information. It's not beyond you in any way. And it will serve you in your own health. And it will deeply serve all of your clients for you to have, you know, this basis of knowledge. So for me, the, the masterclass next Tuesday, um, that's April 19th is, you know, it's, it's really just the beginning. This is me teaching the foundations of what hormonal literacy is about. Um, you know, we're going to cover things like the basics of hormones and uh, what are some common hormonal imbalances and what are the signs and symptoms of that? And you know, what, what does fertility awareness actually mean? And how does one go about um, being able to track that for themselves? How is that different from rhythm method or things like that? So we're going to just cover a lot of basic ground like that. But to me, that's just the beginning. And, um, you know, the, the work that I'm really moving into is um, doing um, both mentorships and um, hosting and facilitating a mastermind for um, young feminine leaders in room wellness to be able to um, learn what it is that they might be missing an education in and to be able to fill in those gaps and to bring in other mentors who are special, you know, who specialize, whether that is functional um, medicine doctors or pelvic floor physiotherapists or, you know, who have these deeper understandings or have, you know, major expertise in these to be able to come in and say, you know, this is what I think, you know, it would behoove you to know as a basic understanding so that you can serve your clients better and so that you know when you do need to refer somebody. Um, so yeah, that, that's the ultimate goal. Um, so I've already kind of created that mastermind. Um, it's called the Rose Sciences Mastermind. I have some information out of my website. It's going to be a small group right now, but I think I want to continue doing it in the future. Um, but I'm looking at, you know, six to eight women who are really serious about this work, you know, who feel that this is their calling who know that there's more information that they can know to better serve their clients and who do have a following of clients who are looking up to them and that, you know, they want to take greater accountability and responsibility for. So 
I'm really, really excited about this. This has like been, other than the baby I'm growing in my womb right now, this has been my other big baby project. So I'm really grateful to be on here and be able to share this with you all and your, and your listeners. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I, I just have one other question about that. Is it limited to young practitioners? Because myself, I'm 51 and I'm, I'm like, I want to go and hang out with you. No, not at all. Not at all. I do think like we were talking about, there is this big influx of, um, you know, younger women getting into these fields, which I want to support. Absolutely. Um, but even when I say young, I think I mean, um, people who are maybe lacking in certain experience around this. So I've, I've been trying to lean away from using the word young and using the word blossoming, like blossoming feminine leaders or blossoming womb workers, um, uh, which I think fits nicely in with the whole rose sciences thing. Right. Well, but yeah, it's not, it's not an age, it's not an ageist okay. sort of thing at all, no. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that because I, I feel like I'm a blossoming womb person. I like that. Um, that uh, nomenclature there, um, but I am a mature woman and I feel like there is a demographic of mature women that perhaps during perimenopause or yeah. menopause realized, huh, something's not right here. Something hasn't been right perhaps my whole life. And yeah. so to start to delve into how can I take better care of myself? I've been doing it for a lot longer, but not professionally. Like yeah. I had a mentor early on and change the way I did things in my personal life but I never found mentors until now like it wasn't really blossoming in the world like you had to look under rocks and to find stuff so I've been like scratching around in the dirt trying yeah. to find what I needed and it's only recently that there been there's been this blossoming so there could be a number of people my age that are realizing they've been a womb priestess their whole life and they there was never a name for it until yes. now, right absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah and then as far as um i'm just curious because for for me and the work that i do i like to include people of varying genders because there are menstruators who don't necessarily consider themselves to be female in gender and there are um, you know, people in varying transitions, which I feel is a really beautiful um, liberation for us as, as human beings away from this strict binary gendered reality that really doesn't match our actual biology. Mm -hmm. I was giving talks back in um, at UC Davis about how there's actually 11 biological genders and that we're that there's 11 ways that, at least that were known at that time 11 different ways that we can be born with varying chromosomes and biological manifestations of gender and that four percent of all mammalian populations and even probably non-mammals as well that have typical gender right yeah that are born hermaphroditic naturally yeah and so I just, I like to create space in my, um, my communities for, uh, for people who might not fit into that in sure. order to talk about this too. And I'm curious, would you be welcoming of people that might not identify as a woman? Well, absolutely. And honestly, you know, because this is meant to be for people who are in the field of womb work, um, mm -hmm. it's for anybody who feels called to do that work. Gotcha. You know, um, so I think for ease of like marketing, you know, my language often uses uh, the term woman, but um, I, it is absolutely inclusive for 
anybody who feels like their the understanding of hormones would be helpful and fertility would be helpful to their practice and the clients that they serve, that this is going to be important information for them. So if they feel called, absolutely. Right. Well, I, I am not aware of anyone uh, who is not, not a woman who works with this biology, although there may be male practitioners, perhaps, sure. but I'm not aware of anybody who's trans or gender queer in some other way, who's specifically working with womb work, but perhaps we could call them forth from yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, from wherever they might be hiding from and welcome them in, absolutely. That's right, wonderful. Yeah. So I'm glad we got to share about that a little bit. Um, so wonderful. Yes, well, is there any last um, words of wisdom or invitation that you'd like to share before we wrap up here? Sure, you know, one thing that came to mind, um, I really like statistics, um, but it, you know, there's about 80% of women who at some time or another in their life are experiencing a hormonal imbalance that impacts their health. You know, you just mentioned women going through perimenopause or menopause, but oftentimes it happens in puberty, oftentimes, you know, it can happen anytime during our reproductive years. And so if you are working with women, you are working with a, at least an 80% population of clients who are struggling with these issues. So I just think it's like a reminder that having um, a basic knowledge in hormonal literacy an awareness of what the most common um, challenges are, the most common, um, you know, health conditions that uh, women are faced with are, and what they look like could really behoove you and all the people that you work with. So that's really my call out there is like, this is not some like rare, small percentage uh, of women who are suffering from these conditions. It's actually most of us. And, uh, and so that's yet another reason why I think it's really important that we educate and empower ourselves and uh, the people that we serve so that so that we can not have to rely on a broken medical system to support us, but that we can learn what we need so that we can provide for our own healing, um, mm -hmm. which I believe that we're all absolutely capable of. So, yeah. Which brings up a question that we don't have to answer in this episode, but that I will leave it as a living question for listeners and anyone who wants to reach out to either of us about mm -hmm. their conjectures on this question is welcome to do so. Why is it that hormonal imbalance is such a challenge in our current world? So many people are suffering from hormonal imbalance. An epidemic. An, An epidemic. epidemic. And I imagine that if we, if we didn't just say women, if we said everyone mm -hmm. of all genders, that that statistic would even it's be similar. Yeah very similar to that, that, that a lot of ailments could be traced back to hormonal imbalance if we include all the different hormones and how they affect us. So why is that? We need some like mysterious music. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, oh. I have a lot to say on this, but we'll save it for another time. Yes, um, part two. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> I really appreciate us connecting and having this conversation and, and having me on here. Thank yes, you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so for the work you do um, oh, and all you. the many people that you reach. Thank you. And folks also, so we can find you, tell us your, your website again. Yeah. Um, so it's sabrinaurania.com. So it's spelled S-A-B-R-I-N-A-O-U-R-A-N-I-A. 
womb.com, but I'm also womb underscore alchemist on Instagram. And if you click the link on my bio and my Instagram, it can take you to my website. It can take you to sign up for this free masterclass I'm having next week. Um, and you can get any of the information that you need there as well as how to contact me by email. Lovely. And um, folks, listeners also know that if you're interested in what's going on at the Womb Centered Healing Temple on any upcoming events, you can visit wombcenteredhealing.com and um, you can subscribe there for the newsletter to get updates uh, about the latest podcast episode and the latest blog posts and things like that. So um, hope to see you there. All right, that's all for now. Take good care until next time. Thanks so much.